We're all getting that government cheese. Hey, man, I paid a lot of money into that government cheese. About time I get some. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Was government cheese a real thing? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude. Like, what is government cheese? Welfare cheese. Welfare. Or, like, military issue cheese to families and stuff. I don't know. I've heard about it, man. It coming in big blocks and stuff. And yeah. it's just like just Government cheese. We're going to look at. Ugh. Yeah, it's worse than craft, bro. It's like, uh, you know what it looks like? It, it looks like fucking, um, wh- what is it? Velveeta. Yeah, Velveeta, but it's, it's way more firm. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to $2 Steak, a pro wrestling podcast. I'm your host once again. And uh, we are back to a normal uh, semblance of normalcy here on the professional wrestling podcast that we call $2 Steak. Once again, I am joined by Big Mike. Yep. Tall Bear. Hey. And Cookie. It's your boy. Your boy, Liberace Shagwell, a.k.a. the Cookmeister King. <laughs> Folks, yeah. uh we're still in uh, quarantine. We're still on lockdown. We have been on it for a, a, a better than a month, right, guys? Has it been more than a month so far? Yeah, just just over. Yeah, a little bit over. And uh, you know, like I thought that I would be going stir crazy for the first like couple days of it. I'm like, I'm gonna go crazy, but. I have been able to spend money on wrestling memorabilia. <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> I've been able to, you know, do projects around the house. It hasn't been too terribly bad for me. And uh, today I actually got news that I got into graduate school, which is a big deal. Oh, congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, I've done that a few times, Aaron. Um, it's, it, that's exciting. Thing. All right. So, so I didn't even know you were applying pregnant. to school. I didn't even know you were pregnant. <laughs> Yeah, like uh, I decided to to go apply for grad school. Um, you know, make some changes around the house, make some changes within Aaron Varnum, make some changes here on the professional wrestling podcast that we have. Um, a couple of things I want to touch on before our uh, podcast officially begins, uh, guys. Uh, we had been, you know, I I have been looking at I, so. First things first, I got an iPhone this week. And with an iPhone, you get some uh, new apps that you don't really get otherwise. And one of them was Apple Podcast, right? What's that? uh, Apple Podcast is, it's a way to play your podcast. Um, Usually I use Spotify, but I just wanted to look at $2 Steak, a pro wrestling podcast on Apple Podcasts. And uh, let me tell you, we have got a five-star review that I would like to read. Um, Give me one second, $2 Steak, a pro wrestling podcast. Their reviews are as stated. God damn it, I had had this pulled up a second ago. It's live, brother. It's live. Oh, we're going to come. We're live, pal. Can't redo it. We're live, pal. I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't have the comfort of his WCW uh, neon light. <laughs> here, here it is. All right. So our, our only like 
five-star review that we've gotten so far, right? Hold on, wait. It's our only review, and it happens to be five stars. No, 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 no. We are at, we have 13 reviews oh, on really? Apple Podcasts. Oh, wow. Right? And it's our all, only five-star review? No, all 13 of them are five-star reviews. Oh, awesome. The only one that actually had, like, a reasoning behind the five-star review. I'm going to read it to you, boys. It says, give these boys a listen, even if you don't give a F dollar sign and and backslash about wrestling. We're going to assume that that is give a fuck about wrestling. <laughs> they bring it every week. Cookie, Mike, and Tolbert are awesome, but I need me more of Zane. <laughs> Aaron keeps the boys in line and brings the energy. Love me some tough $2 steak. Thank you. Uh, it looks like the user's name is Big Mike's Dad. Uh <laughs> I'm assuming that's your father, Mike, that, yeah, that thanks, left us that review. Thanks for supporting the podcast, Dad. He uh, <laughs> he texts me occasionally about it and says that it helps get him through his Tuesday afternoon workouts. So, you know, thanks, Dad, for, you know. You know so <laughs> giving us nice a five-star rating. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, when you get a five-star rating as good as that and you look at it and it's you're like, man, people listen. And then you look and it's Big Mike's dad. <laughs> hey, no, but you said we have 13 other reviews, right? Yeah, we got 13. I think I was one of them. So maybe Aaron, we have a l- 11. Aaron's really bad about, in case the listeners don't know, Aaron's really bad about actually following up on how well or if we are doing anything in terms of You know traction. why? But I, I don't want you don't, to. You don't, want to, you don't want it to impact what you do and how you feel, I guess. Cor- I understand. That's 100%. But it, would, but it would be somewhat interesting to, you know, just find out, like, what the fuck's going on. Because, you know, we, we, we say we have, like, dozens and dozens of followers but apparently we do because we have 13 reviews so we have more than a dozen 13 five star reviews there you go do we have any uh, one stars no i, I looked i thought that we would have a one star review oh at least a couple by uh now. yeah especially and i think that one star rev- review would have come from tolbert's mom who uh <laughs> did not like all the things that we were saying about tolbert earlier in the podcast no um yeah, I didn't realize she was actually listening. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Mom. He didn't host a 420 episode last week. That, she, uh, uh, she texts me, uh, happy holidays. Love you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, That's <was> awesome. <laughs> Tober, yeah. what did you actually do for 420? Uh, well, um, it was kind of rainy outside. It was stormy. It was a shitty day. But made the best of it. Uh, rolled a big old duber and smoked at 420. Of course, you know. We're losing Tolbert on so Tolbert's yeah, world. Um, watch Cheech and Chong up in smoke. You know, 420 rituals, you know, made some lunch, chilled, and, you know, just watched movies, hung out. It was great. There you go. Cookie, did you do anything special for your holiday? Man, you know, honestly, I was at, at 420. I was ready to light up a big old dube, and then I got a call that I should go look at a house because we're looking at houses for next year. So in the middle of uh, smoking a dube, I had to go look at a house and a property uh, with one of my friends. Now, is this the first time you've ever looked at a house or property high? Yes. While high, yes. (laughs) Did it make it funny? Did it make it better? Explain to me what emotions were going through your head during this. Well, I mean, thank God that my friend knew the realtor. Like, I mean, not realtor, (laughs) knew the... uh, The (laughs) The renter? Knew the renter. And um, so it wasn't as awkward. You know, he asked me a lot of questions. I was trying to maintain eye contact as much as possible. Oh, that's the worst. It was kind of hard. But other than that, like, it was cool. (laughs) It was a cool experience. Luckily, it was like nothing, no professional questions or like, what do you do 
for a living? Because your boy's unemployed right now. <laughs> when when you're going through the the eye contact process, you're you're almost like counting it off in your head. You're like one, two, three, <laughs> four, five. That's I, I think I'm doing too much. Too much eye contact at this point. Too much eye contact. And then sometimes you do it out loud and you, you start counting out loud. And you're like, what the hell is wrong with you? And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, uh, and also, other things that went on this week, Big Mike uh, got a bike. Tell us about this bike, Mike. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> is this really that interesting? I, I literally just got the bike. So, um, I don't know. It's a, it's a fucking bike. What, what is this? What is this? I'm talking. I, I'm trying. I haven't even got to ride it yet. I, my tires are flat. I need Tolbert to walk his fucking bike pump down to my house. I'm gonna bring Amanda it over. said you've been trying this thing for like three weeks, man. Dude, let me tell you. Do you, Cookie, you don't remember this, but hey, Tolbert and Aaron, do you remember when you used to have to like order off a website and wait like two and a half weeks to get yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. I ordered this bike on Amazon nine days ago, and I've been dying inside for the last week because you're just so you're so accustomed to two day shipping. And like they're saying, like they're prioritizing shit, and I'm like, this is a priority to me. Why don't you care about me? So Varnum, this is uh, Mike's uh, descent into hipsterum, yeah, uh, because he got a fixed gear bike, and he's into obscure wrestling. But he's not going to be doing the fix. I, I hope you're not doing fixed gear, right? I my plan is he's one to like remember how to ride a bike again. Um, but no, I'm going to do single speed before I get into fixing. So. Yeah, so I have a fixed gear, single speed, and I've never once tried the uh, the fixed gear. I did try it on Tolbert's bike, and I got too scared and didn't want to do it. See, my, my thing with the fixed gear is I want to be able to rip some wicked skids. You know what I'm saying? Oh, God. If I look out and I see you skidding down yeah, the street, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose my shit. Mike, you do know Tolbert's house and be like, skid, <laughs> <laughs> Mike, uh, you know, people that usually ride fixed gear bikes are less than 200 pounds. And somebody that's about 270 is going to, you're going to oh, rip course, baby. I'm like, I'm pushing three. I know I am. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Shit, I'm 250 myself riding around on one, man. The skits Wait. that you see on Tolbert are actually in his underwear, not can, on can his I tell uh, you? Can I tell you, I'm walking down to our neighbor's house the other day and somebody whips by me on a, on a bike and there's an ass crack hanging out. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, and he's wearing skinny jeans. I'm like, is that Tolbert? That that was Tolbert. Was and it like, Tolbert? So I, I wait for him to turn around, and like before I can even guarantee it's Tolbert, I raise my arms like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> was Tolbert. it Tolbert? Okay, good. <laughs> good. Otherwise, uh, you are going to have back from anywhere. Yeah, have a a, a firmly written uh, post on next door about you. <laughs> <laughs> Big mongoloid looking dude yells what the fuck across the, our, our streets here and uh, just very angry. He looks like he could possibly be Polish. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about professional wrestling. This Great segue. Week. Yeah. <laughs> Bunch of Polacks. Bunch of Polacks. And, uh, you know. Hey, only Mike can say that. <laughs> yeah, that that's say true. That. That's true. That's his word. That's his word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's me. So, uh, Pollock. you know, this week, uh, a, a very good professional wrestling tag team that we have followed year after year, they released a video teasing their next step in their, uh, evolution, where they're going to be going next and what they're going to be doing in professional wrestling. And I was thinking about it and I'm like, tag teams, they're a little bit underrated. Let's talk about underrated tag teams this week. 
And it doesn't have to be these tag teams are, are losing all the time. This, these tag teams are, are winning all the time. These are just interesting tag teams that maybe you haven't thought about in a while. And uh, I, I'm really excited about talking about all three of these teams. All right, for our – what is your segment called, Mike? Is it the Greenhorn? Is that what uh, – We've been me. doing this for a year. Yeah, yeah but what are we calling you? Part. You're no longer a Greenhorn. Yeah, just Mike's angry segment, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Heat with Big Mike. Uh, we're, oh, we're, I like we're, that. We're, we're now entering the Heat with Big Mike. Mike, you have got two teams that were a little bit underrated – Big Mike, you have got the fabulous Rougeau brothers against the Killer Bees. All right, this is from WWF WrestleFest 1988. Um, a little bit of history about WrestleFest 1988. It was in the Milwaukee County Stadium, um, and it was in July. And this was actually – it wasn't a pay-per-view. It was a taped event that they would then show Where? Uh, it, it was like a syndicated event. Okay, so um, this is one of the matches among many at the event. Uh, you said Fabulous Rougeau? Yes. Brothers and the Killer Bees. Oh, I know Aaron's excited to talk about this match, so I might let him do more of the talking. I was underwhelmed. Um, really? It's been about a year since I shit on one of your matches, hardcore, and I didn't want to go wow. aggressively on this because – to me, it was a it was a wrestling match. It was a generic kind of tag team thing. Great. I wouldn't say great. It was good tag team wrestling. Get 80s style. Um, the one thing that I did really appreciate in this match, what I did really appreciate in this match, was that, and you don't see it nowadays, is a classic drop-down toehold. Okay. There was like, yeah, yeah, Jacques did that in the middle of the match. It looked good. Like Very crisp. Four of them that were just really aggressive, fluid, smooth. They look good. I mean, all four of these guys, they look like wrestlers. I mean, they're they're big, but they're not like massive. They're jacked, but they're not like shredded. Um, but just walking into this match without any other knowledge or understanding about this event or what's going on or all this sort of stuff, and I've never heard of either of these. Right. Uh, I didn't think you would. I I, hadn't, I I just couldn't get into it too much because I didn't know I didn't know who was the good guys, who's the bad guys, right? All right, so, so the Rougeau brothers were the heels in this matchup. Yeah. Jacques, the the taller uh, of the Rougeau brothers, went on to become the Mountie. Okay, yeah. So and, and, I I was gonna get to that point. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. you're stepping on my feet here. You're like cooking at quarantine again. Um, so I was I was sitting there thinking like all right killer bees I'm watching this they got black trunks with gold stripes they're probably the bad guys and the fabulous team is probably the good guys I was completely wrong and the problem is it was good wrestling but it didn't get the crowd into it I don't know if it was the timing of the match or whatever whatever it was but it didn't even get the crowd into it until like 12 minutes into the 15 minute match to kind of give me the idea of oh I'm supposed to be cheering for the killer team and the bad guys are the fabulous team. Uh, I mean, they, they had this – it was like I said, it was really good wrestling, lots of good grapples, old-fashioned work, stuff you don't see anymore. Visually, it was nice. I just couldn't buy into anything that was going on. 
Did you like the heel work that the the, the Rougeos kind of did? Well, no, because I didn't really know it was heel work until retrospectively. So okay. the, some of the stuff they did, it was, it was it was funny, but I thought it was just like brothers helping each other out. So like at one point, the, the one gets really stretched and like worked real good. He tags in and um, they get the ref to kind of back the killer B guy off and he's like stretching his brother out. And then like later on, they do the same thing, but he's like rubbing his brother's back and like I just thought that might have been these two like loving French Canadian boys that just wanted to help each other. So it was, it was good, but it wasn't, I don't know. It just, I just didn't know what the fuck was going on really. So to me, it was just kind of like watching an NXT match. I don't care about like, it's just good wrestling, but there's no emotional attachment to it. Uh, and that was like kind of my big take home from it. Um, which, you know, and I was like reading some reviews and like looking up some stuff about these guys. And it's like, the Rougeau brothers had just turned heel. The Killer Bees were like at the end of their saga. Being yeah, this was team. actually their last match. Yeah, so it, it kind of just had that blandness to it that probably would be equated to those timelines in their history. Um, and then I got – and as I'm reading this, I got really pissed. And I realized Aaron had a theme about what this was. But at – WrestleFest 1988, he could have given me other matches that I would have had a lot more buy-in on because Uh-oh. of the characters involved. Okay. Uh-oh. Uh, we had, we had WrestleFest 1988. There was a Jake the Snake Roberts match versus Ravishing Rick Rude. A, a very uh, good that, match. That would have been awesome. There was a world title match of Macho Man Randy Savage as the champion against Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. Okay. Can you imagine how that good that would have been? amazing uh yeah they, they they were would have been better than kind of what i got so i appreciate the underutilized and underappreciated tag team wrestling for what it was but i don't know man it was kind of just blase so uh when i was looking up the rougeos the rougeos i got this idea because on dark side of the ring this week they were talking about dino bravo and there was a you know a, a small scene in montreal of professional wrestling and it's it's a a very you know northern style of professional wrestling it's pretty good a little flashy but i found this matchup and i really enjoyed it when i watched it It, it's a simple matchup a simple story and uh, i really like the tag team work that the rougeau brothers brought to it i think that uh i was inspired there's this really cool gif and i'll send it to you guys afterwards and we might post it this week but it's the Rougeau brothers against the Hart Foundation, which is an amazing matchup. And them getting, I think it was Jacques getting out of a hammerlock. And it was just a really fun way of, of doing it. But I don't think that the Rougeaus kind of got their, their due in professional wrestling. Raymond went on to be, he is now the current French um, announcer for WWE yeah. oh, broadcasts. That's, that's wow. where I recognize that's him. Yeah. That's why I but, remember so, that, that last So week. he's the one with the mustache, and Jacques is still in, in Canada and doing stuff. Like, he'll take, like, working gigs here and there. But, uh, yeah, I, I just kind of dig them. They, they had kind of a reputation backstage that maybe they were not the favorites of anybody. There's a famous story about them getting into a fist fight with the British Bulldogs and just getting the shit kicked out of them backstage. Like, the British Bulldogs, like, I think I think the story goes something like Kurt Hennig pulled a prank and then blamed it on the Rougeaus or blamed it. No, no, he blamed it on the Bulldogs, and then the Rougeaus 
tried to pick a fight. And when they picked a fight, it was not what they wanted it to be. And I think Davy uh, Boy Smith beat the shit out of I got the a, I got into a fight at football practice similar to that, but I didn't, I didn't have the same ending the Rougeos did. So do you, do you remember those water, big giant pipe water troughs, Aaron? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I remember the troughs. Yeah, that had like holes drilled through them. Oh, yeah. Yes. And so like we were drinking at the water trough and then ours had like a spigot at the end that was kind of like, like a hose hose spigot that would like just blast water. And so we go over there early in the day and I get sprayed with water and I'm like, what the fuck guys? Like, don't do that again. Da da da. Next water break. Somebody does it again. And I turn around and I just look at like, I look at two dudes and the one guy just does this and just points at the other one. And I remember I picked this kid up. He was like this skinny little motherfucker. And I picked his ass up and I slammed his ass down on the ground. Like, not a, quite a wrestling move, but I just, I remember I just got on top of him and I started just like landing blows. And then the, it was a freshman, uh, freshman football. So then the coach actually like ripped me off of him. And like, because there's only like, it's freshman football. There's like 21 of us, not even probably less than that. Um, but yeah. And then, then I found out that it was Robert and not Kenny. And I beat the shit out of Kenny. You beat the shit the out of person. Yeah. So you missed your calling to become a pro wrestler. Yeah, that's right. So after that fight happened backstage, Jacques, uh, a couple weeks later, got a roll full of quarters in his hand and punched Dynamite Kid in the mouth, and and he lost four teeth. So maybe the Rougeau brothers wow. are a little bit assholes. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a touch. So like, and but like you were saying is like, I didn't even know they were actually French Canadian. I just assumed they were because it was like it's in Milwaukee. They're getting this like low rumble boo, but it wasn't like heat boo. It was like you're foreign, where in America kind well, of. Well, I would think in Montreal, pretty close to. It to, is, it is, but I just assumed that it was like they're only booing them because they're from Canada, not because they're the heels. And that was kind of my whole issue with the entire thing. The wrestling was good. Maybe the character work wasn't where I wanted it to be or where I like it to be. <laughs> yeah, the story time with Big Mike. Uh, <laughs> all right, Mike, let's, uh, let's finish this up. Let's go to the, uh, I think as Cookie would say, this, uh, you got a shit list this week? Yeah, you got one. All right, social media update. Oh, um, Robert. Tobert grabbed, I think, one follower on Instagram. Hey-o! Hey-o! And uh, what it, you used, um, I think you used my, my quote, on Aaron's picture to do it. Right? I did. I was going to do that anyway. <laughs> and I read the group chat and I'm like, Oh, Mike, yeah, we're on the same uh, wavelength. I mean, yeah, yeah, look so at it, you obviously can't think of any other caption. What would Aaron fit. got his, uh, his plethora of Japanese magazines this week. And he was just sending us these awesome photos throughout. Um, one of them are three Japanese wrestlers, one in a mask wearing red, deep, long red loincloth standing on the beach, pointing at the camera menacingly and uh we basically said that's the crew and that's how the crew hangs out when quarantine's over at the beach um but that was it i mean we had an awesome instagram of travis's art as always for the 420 episode got a couple likes um but yeah overall tolbert did something on instagram this week so i appreciate that tolbert not a lot tolbert Hey, hey, hey. No, no, no. produced one, minimum effort this one, week. One I've been I've been gardening, I've been hanging bird feeders, yeah. I've been painting. Yeah. I've been doing all kinds yeah. of projects around the house because I can't. Why don't you post them on Instagram? Tolbert, I have sent you so many pictures this week. Yeah. So so a little bit of backstory. I, I went on um I, I found a website. We talked about it last week, I think. I got t- 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 ten 
uh, old school Japanese uh, wrestling magazines. And all Friday morning or Thursday morning, I was kind of like looking through them and kind of finding the coolest pictures I could find. There's, it, it's, there's, it's just endless content for us and uh, for our Instagram and Tolbert just shit the bed. Well, so Aaron, Aaron oh, no, but also a shout it out to, uh, sorry, a shout out to Violent Miracle that sent you the magazine. Yeah. And, uh, they, uh, you know, uh, appreciated the shout out and uh, check those, that guy, whoever that is out, you know. He's got uh, cool awesome, shit, awesome, dude. Awesome Instagram. Yeah. yeah, he's got cool shit. But, uh, but Tolbert, don't let, don't let Aaron shit on you too much because – Aaron didn't tweet out a single one of those photos. Yeah, he sent me a barrage of pictures. He right. Wait, wait a minute. Two it, is, dozen is, photos posted in the chat. Is Twitter, is that my bag? No, oh, I just we, supplement that. We, we have been tag teaming Twitter for it's a not my bag, time. baby. It's not my bag, baby. And, uh, and Aaron, Aaron, you've go, gone carte blanche on Twitter before, so I just assumed we're kind of railing <laughs> that in. in and uh, Aaron, Aaron had a tweet this week as well. And Ultimately, we are recording this on a Friday afternoon before SmackDown even hits because none of us have anything else to do. Right. And so, you know, the problem is Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays are our, our big Twitter traction night. So, like, you, you tweet and you hashtag a bunch of stuff with the, you know, leech as we do on the professional wrestling um, shows. And so, we haven't had much ability or much traction to get any kind, anybody pissed pissed off enough to unfollow us this week oh wait man you you almost no. got okay we, we did we did have a couple unfollows this week but what i'm saying is we haven't had enough time to carefully curate twitter content as either tolbert so i'm not going to shit on tolbert too much we had a little <laughs> bit more i went through and um retweeted some of travis's fine sketch uh what's it called sketch a mania sketch a mania he's been killing that yeah Dude, he, every he day Travis crushes on Instagram. He doesn't tweet out as much of his stuff. Um, but I went through and retweeted that. Tolbert, uh, did you see the dream? Like, he, he's had uh, Dusty Rhodes this week. And uh, Cookie, he's, he's actually had – Yeah, he's had Bull Nakano this week. I know oh, you got to see that. It's my background on my phone right now. <laughs> <laughs> Not Diane. Not no, a Diana. picture of you and your girlfriend, but a no, picture uh-uh. of Bull Nakano. Yeah, of course, so, man. Love Bull. I will take this time, you know, shout out Travis Thornton, look him up on Instagram, check out all the wild and crazy art that he's been posting. Cause it's, it's awesome. Um, I think one of my favorites is just the, the simple like shopping cart. Yeah. With, uh, what's his name? Stuff. And New Jack stuff. New Jack stuff. And then the, uh, the bull Nakano. I mean, he, he killed two birds with one stone there. Um, the monster and the queen. So yeah. It, Cookies queen. Cookies Queen, Bull Nakano. <laughs> Shout out to Travis. We'll try to do better. But, hey, you know what? Our fans aren't doing shit either because they're not <laughs> engaging with us at all. Besides likes, um, get on there, retweet, tweet at us, shit talk us, do something. Like us, rate us on your podcast apps, give us a one-star review so we can talk about that. Um, do something because, again, we're just struggling for attention. And <laughs> we need, Sounds like we my need entire childhood. Something. We need to feel like something, a teenager whether right it's now. hate or love. At this point, um, speaking of hate, go ahead. Uh, I see where you're going with this. Speaking of hate, Mike, yeah. and this is the heat. Uh, I think you've got a shit list this week. I do have a shit list this week, boys. Uh, you want me to jump right into it, huh? Just do it, brother. So, 
TRWC for life. The real wrestling community, apparently, allegedly, as they say themselves. They, they quote themselves as the very best in wrestling memes, discussion, and topics. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook, TRWC, Attitude, and the real wrestling community. Fuck these people. All right. They call themselves the real <laughs> wrestling community. But the only thing following them is the smell of hot rotting trash. They want to talk about having great memes and wrestling content. Have they seen our Jeff Hart gifts? The the best wrestling content. And you know what? Jeff Hart himself this week stole my gift. And then he sent it out to Joey Janelle and said, I'm ready for a rematch, Joey. I'm <laughs> ready for it, Joey. Anyway, these people, they have a tw- they've had a Twitter since 2017. And they wouldn't even qualify for a cookie paralyzing himself pile drive. That's less than 500. There's only so much room in the world for substandard wrestling content creators. So I'll take it onto my shoulders for the other 7,000 of us and tell these people to piss off and go play in traffic. Uh, the real wrestling community, you've made big mics. Shit list. <laughs> All right, Tyrone Clark Gemini at Lunar, Far- <laughs> Lunar Fox ZS. Hashtag Gamers Unite. Hashtag Gamers United. Hashtag Gamers Rise Up. Hashtag Retro Gaming. Hashtag Retro Unite. Hashtag some bunch of other stupid shit. You call yourself a Gemini, but you're the equivalent of the child whose parents only wanted one of the twins. (laughs) (laughs) Your parents likely hated you and threw you in a closet and forgot about you. You've apparently wandered out of that closet covered in shit and made it to the internet only to find out that everyone here hates you. So frig off, get back in that dark hole and speed run Mario for the 12th time because you have no friends. How, how is he pretty good at it? Did you watch any of the speed runs? No, I just assumed he was like a, a nerd. Oh, okay. I, I, I get interested know. in sometimes those speed runs are a little interesting. Fuck off here and go get in the closet <laughs> with this motherfucker. Aaron, you don't uh, make the shit list. Jim and I, whatever. You At made, Fox ZS. You've made big mics. Shit list. Shit list. All right, for the strong style, we have got. The Miracle Violence Connection against Dusty Ro- Dustin Rhodes oh. and Barry Windham Cookie. This match was by far one of my favorites that I've watched in a long time. Really? It was a really good, like, throwback 80s, no, 90s. No, it's 90s. 90s style Early match. Early 90s. I think 92. 92. 93? Yeah. Yes, 92. Um, hey, man, there's nothing pretty in this match, all right? Uh no. This is about just, you know, four ugly, very ferocious beasts going at it in the ring. Um, Dr. Death is a former amateur wrestler and a standout in the Japan circuit. Uh, Barry Windham's a former horseman. Terry Gordy's phenomenal tag team wrestler and a member of the Freebirds. And you got, you know, Dustin Rhodes, son of the American dream. 20 plus years in the biz, man. He's a natural for a reason. Uh, Before watching this, I knew it was going to be a slobber knocker. 
uh, to quote JR, probably no dives, you know, just hard-hitting marathon <laughs> wrestling. I mean, it's a a 30-minute – Mike, what are you laughing at? <laughs> Sorry, I – I think I fucked that up, but go ahead. What did you? What were you trying, trying to do, watch, Mike? I'm trying to watch the video, and the, the audio just like blasted in my face. Oh, so, thanks, Mike. <laughs> no problem, boys. <laughs> it's a marathon, man. I got I got a 30 minute match thanks to thanks to Aaron, but it was good. It was it was for the United, uh, not the United, sorry, the Unified Tag Team Titles. Uh, now is this like a WWE style unification, or it was like pr- cross promotion? What type uh, of unification? NWA and WCW? They were. This was kind of the the early transition to that, and I think that they won it at a. They won those titles earlier in a pay per view, like a few weeks before. From the same people, from Dustin Rose and Barry Windham, or no, it was a tournament style. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. Now, who was on commentary? Was that one? Of, was that Terry Funk? So it was Jim Ross and oh god, who was the other one? The other one was uh, hold on, I'll I'll find out for you. Okay, all right. Well, let's go ahead and get to the countdown anyway. Cookies top four, number one, dude. Doctor Death, bro. Doctor Death had one of the best body slams in the business. But before that, he reminds the crowd that he was a famous football athlete. Of what was it from Nebraska or Oklahoma? No, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Um. He's a football standout, man, and he got in that football stance and shoulder tackled Barry Windham across the ring. And Windham's six foot six. He's a big boy. Can can I make note that Dr. Death Steve Williams is the smallest guy in this matchup at six foot four? Yes. Every <laughs> single other person in this matchup is above six foot four. Yeah. So, it, it, it was unreal, man. It was like there's probably a ton of weight in that ring. Those are some big boys. Me and Mike love big meaty men slapping meat, and that's what I got. So let's go to number two. Number two. Dude, Dr. Death had star written all over him. Six foot four, monster, amateur wrestler. I hate Vince Russo, Aaron. I think why? I hate Vince why, Russo. Why do you hate Vince Russo? Damn it, Vince Russo. Why'd you have to create the brawl for all? I mean, he had the pace, the strength, the agility for his time. It's a shame. Like, if you put him and Stone Cold Steve Austin in the ring, I think you would have had something, something special, at least. Um, and it's just, it's just a shame. After the brawl for all, he wasn't the same, right, after that? No, he, he hurt his knee, and then, like, he was just kind of done. His career, you know, after he, he hurt his leg in the matchup and then got his ass kicked afterwards because he was fighting with a, a hurt leg, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that, it, it takes away some of your credibility. Towards his he tore his hamstring in that, like, and he still fought. Like, what a, what got a knock the fuck out. Hey, he, he did, got, get, knocked he did out. get knocked the fuck There's out. There's nothing. You can't come back from getting knocked out by Bart Gunn. <laughs> and, and then Bart Gunn gets knocked out by Butterbean. So what did you just do? Like, <laughs> what was the point of all that? Anyway. You fucked th- a lot of people out of their careers. Yes. Yes. All right. Number three. Number three. Like a truck running over a pedestrian. Damn right, Jim Ross. That's how he described it. Like a truck running over a pedestrian. Bam Bam Gordy is a freaking semi-truck and Dustin Rhodes is a feeble pedestrian. That lariat was snug and that pile driver he hit was also nasty. <laughs> Disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> um, and so that's not Terry Funk on the mic. Who is that, Aaron? 
Oh, I, I, I wasn't. I was paying attention to your soliloquy. I, I, I didn't look. I'll find out in a second. Well, and listen. I, I, it sounded like Terry. It was a. It's a Southern boy, whoever it is, because he said you can pick up Dustin's head uh, near the commentary table after that lariat from Bam Bam Gordon. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna find out right now. All right, number number four. Man, this was a different era. I mean, the youth in the ring and on commentary. Think about this. This match was 18 years old, and Dustin Rose won the match for his team with a bulldog, a freaking bulldog. Like, that's a very simple maneuver in the, in the ring nowadays. It's a transition maneuver. But that pop that that move got and the win for Dustin was huge, and, man, did he sound like Dusty during that interview. Or what? It was Arn Anderson. Oh, it was Arn? It was Arn. <laughs> Double A. Wow, I did not know that, man. But anyway, like I was saying, man, just the youth in the ring, and it's just a different time. I love this match so much just because it was, it, it kept me entertained, and they went to, what, the top rope one time? Yeah, and, and time. I think that this was during the era that you couldn't go off the top rope. You know, like it was, that was the, like it was illegal in WCW at the time. It was oh, okay. a weird thing. Um, weird. I, I wanted to touch on Terry uh, Gordy. We, we haven't yeah. got to really talk about him that much on this show. I love Terry Gordy. Um, I think it was like this was the tail end of his, like, working career. I think, like, within the year or two years after this, he um, OD'd on an airplane on the way back from Japan, and they, like, resuscitated him, but he had, like, permanent brain damage from this. Yeah. And, like, he, his just working career was kind of, like, done after that. And he became the, the executioner after this, had the mask had to on. put him under a, a hood and all that stuff. And it was just, you know, it was just a sad story. Like, I loved his work. He's a big dude who can – he was kind of, like, had a – what did they used to describe Husky Harris as? It was like a, a Camaro engine in a, a – In a, a – not a Challenger. I don't know what it in, is. In, like in, a, yeah, like a bulldozer body. Like or something it was like he could go and he could run and he could do all the stuff steve williams um could do a lot of the same stuff that terry gordy could do he could go and these just two big guys calling them the miracle violence connection and just having them pair up yeah it was great man it was dude it was sick it was sick to see them walk in with all that gold around i was just like okay these two dudes are badasses and i know it but Going into my honorable mentions, is it me or does Dustin Rhodes, who's literally the only person still wrestling to this day, he's 50, what, 7, 54? He's old. And, you know, we may be seeing the tail end of his career right now. We watched him this Wednesday wrestle. Yeah. And he looked good. But, you know, he needs help, of course, or whatever. Um, does Dustin Rhodes still move the same, like, at his same pace? Like, he hasn't lost a step, in my opinion. No, and I think that he's improved. Um, he's, yeah. he's, like, leaner and I feel like quicker in some ways. Yeah. I agree. There was a period where, you know, Dustin kind of gained weight at, during the middle part of the Gold Dust years, but he, he's definitely gotten it back recently. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. And I, like I said, I love this old school match. The flow of it was perfect. It was a marathon, yes, but it was well-paced, kept me glued to the, to the TV. Um, bring old school wrestling back is all I have to say. Not one dive in this match, and they went to the top only once for that superplex. This is a five-cookie match. 100%. Really? Yeah, that, I liked that, it, man. That makes me very happy. I, that I, dig I, it. I I picked. We went from a match where one of our hosts just completely shat on it and just I didn't, didn't shit on it. I just shit on like other things about it. 
And then we go from that, and then it shows that, yeah, like my, my match-picking skills are, are back, I think, are okay. If, if we got a five-cookie match. Yeah. Listen, it's 1-1 one, one right now. You're 1-1, one, one, Aaron. So let's see what Tolbert has to say. With his I, Tolbert bet. I, Tolbert was low-key my favorite match of the night. So I thought it was pretty bad. good. And for your high spot, Tolbert, uh, you, you know, sometimes it, it's tough to, to, to do a high spot uh, with, with you. We, we always want to do something funny, something different. So we, we went for an underrated uh, tag team with, with two amazing performers. They're two of my favorite wrestlers of all time, became a tag team called the Blue Bloods. And in this matchup, they are taking on Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko. Yes, they are. And, like, usually you give me the match, and I'm like, all right, it's going to be funny. It's going to be wacky. I, I see the matchup. I'm very familiar with all four of these wrestlers. Um, this is about the time when, like, I'm really – I'm 10 years old in 1995. I'm, I'm watching wrestling every week. I remember the Blue Bloods. I remember them always getting a lot of heat, you know, being these fancy guys. I didn't know much history about it, though. Um, and of course, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko was a, a, a wrestler. I was never a huge fan of, but he always caught my attention. And he was always there. Really? Always. I was, I was the other way around. Like I liked Malenko a lot better than I liked Benoit. I don't know. I, I love Benoit. I, I just loved his intensity, but Malenko was one of those wrestlers. He was always around, but yeah. I, he was underappreciated in my childhood, and you know I'm glad you uh, threw this match at me. But uh, the Blue Bloods, Stephen Regal, he's a British wrestler, right? British guy. He's huge. He's tall. He's a big boy. He comes from a fancy background, highfalutin background. Um, and at the moment, um, at this era of time, he's looking for a tag team partner. He can't find one. He's looked all over. But um, a willing participant... Mr. Bobby Eaton, Mr. Beautiful Bobby Eaton, is eager and willing and ready to be his tag team partner. Not from England. Not from England, from Alabama. From Alabama. Huntsville, Alabama, right? He comes up uh, sporting his, I guess you could call it a mullet, uh, a spiked, spiked top mullet, kind of. You know, everyone knows beautiful Bobby Eaton. You know the style he rocked, you know, uh, straight from Alabama. Comes up chewing some gum. <laughs> One <day. laughs> Joint attack team. And uh, Mean Gene has the best line. Is that gum or is that grits? <laughs> goes, no, it's gum. <laughs> hey, it's gum. <laughs> um, and, and so, so Aaron uh, uh, sent me two links this week, and the one I'm describing is, uh, you know, how the Blue Buds came to be. So did you post that for the, for the audience? They, they will be seeing that because I, you, you can't really talk about this tag team. It, it's – you know, a lot of these tag teams, uh, for Mike, it was a, a pair of brothers um, or a, a similar size people, size guys, and then uh, the Rougeos, who were brothers. With Cookie, it was, you know, kind of a little ragtag group. And uh, for you, it's a redneck and a gentleman, you know? And I kind of wanted yeah. to show how these two guys got together and became yeah, it's an underrated tag team. And I'm glad you did because it's a great story. So – um, 
And you know, Bobby Eaton wants to be his tag team partner. He declines. He's like, I, I don't have anything to do with you. Who are you? I've traveled 24 countries, you know, like get out of here. Right. So this leads to a matchup between the two. They have an awesome match. And the, and the link you sent me, it was great. It was almost as good as my regular match. Um, hardcore match, man. And right in the middle of it, Steven Regal walks away. <laughs> and you're like, what the... F- what the hell? This was awesome. I really wanted to see this play out. You know, right before Bobby Eaton hits the Alabama slam. Steve Alabama jammer. <laughs> Alabama jammer. Yeah. He, he walks out um, and says, hey, you know, you almost just whipped my ass. I want you to be my – you're who I'm looking for. You can be my tag team partner. But we're going to have to clean up your act, buddy. We're going to have to <laughs> – <laughs> This isn't gonna My fly. fair Bobby is, is what happens. So – yeah, uh, so Earl, so Sir Earl Robert Eaton comes to be uh, after going through etiquette training <laughs> and uh, becoming knighted as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I think and they had like somebody who kind of sounded like the Queen of England yeah. knighting uh, Sir Sir Earl Robert of uh, Eaton. And, and it's it is just this like really terrible thing. It's such a terrible it's cheesy thing, though. but it's so entertaining. Like that, it, it's a, a whole shtick of like My Fair Lady, where Lord Stephen Regal is trying to teach him how to, this guy, this boy from Alabama, and trying to teach him how to talk proper English. And he's like, "Well, all right, <laughs> I'll give him my best shot." Oh, but but a great a great heel turn for you know for Bobby for that character because everyone loved him, adored him. You know, it's uh, so it drew a lot of heat. Right, so uh, that tag team came to be. Well, that leads us to this match, pay-per-view Halloween Havoc 1995, where it's the Blue Bloods, Stephen Regal, and Earl Robert Eaton versus Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko. That's right. Uh, We've got Dusty Rhodes and Tony Schiavone on the mic, which is, oh my God, chef kiss to a a commentary uh, duo there. It's amazing, the whole time. Um, so right before this match starts, we actually get a throwback to one of Mike's matches, which happened to be the monster truck match. Oh <laughs> shit. I forgot <laughs> the entire matchup. They are a chef's kiss. Mwah, that match. <laughs> so this, this entire pilot. evening, they are talking about the main event for the world heavyweight championship is going to be in the sumo, uh, monster truck match later that night with hulk hogan and uh not yet at the time big show right correct yeah yeah and <laughs> that was great so i got a good laugh of, of, about that right off the bat i was like hey you know it's horrible that was my match anyway uh so benoit and regal started off and jesus christ benoit is just Jesus, right into a massive chops, massive clotheslines, uh, just stiff shots right off the bat. You know, he does not let up. He just goes right into him. But Regal counters with some crazy technical wrestling. Um, a, a lot, throughout the whole match, a lot of odes to the British style, the old school uh, British matches that we watched. A lot of um, this crazy trick. Tri- Chain wrestling where I've got you in an arm lock. No, now you've got me. I go for the pin. You go for the pin rolling around. But the way Benoit does it, he, he works his own little flair into that where it's still aggressive and very entertaining to watch. It was awesome. 
So um, we get a few minutes in, and right off the bat, it's it's just crazy. We see Benoit kind of do this rolling flick, <laughs> you know, uh, Stephen Regal out of the ring, and then I think we're like four minutes in, he does a flying clothesline off the top rope, you know, to the apron. It, it's insane. Uh, super high spots, like right off the bat. Um, we see uh, a lot of. Uh, hold on, you guys got me. Yeah, we got you, brother. All right, cool. Everything was lagging out on me. All right, sorry, guys. Um, pick back up here. Um, we just see some awesome teamwork between Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit uh, swapping out. I mean, just just flawless counters and interfering just at the right time. Uh, but also between Steven Regal and, uh, and Bobby Eaton. I mean, both these teams, they know each other's styles. They know when to come in. They know – what's going on. They're getting in just at the right time. Um, so we see some crazy chain wrestling, some big power moves from Benoit. Uh, we're about mid-match, and we get to this uh, powerbomb spot where everything's going well. Everything's going well between the two tag teams. They're flowing, as I just mentioned. Uh, Benoit tries to powerbomb Steven Regal, and he's a huge guy. He's like twice the size of Benoit, right? He goes for the power all once, can't get him up. I mean, without even taking a second breath, lifts him back up and has him up. And Dimalenko is supposed to come in with, you know, the hook or the elbow off the top rope to powerbomb him. But he can't hold him up, so he just goes for the powerbomb and slams his shit. Actually, excuse me, it was Bobby Eaton that was pulled up. Yeah. Slams his shit out of Bobby Eaton. You know it knocked a breath out of him. Um, and I know, Cookie, you would call that a botch, but the way they pull it off – I don't know. Anytime What'd you say? Benoit starts to mess up. He's so powerful. He kind of makes up for it and keeps it flowing. Just moves on to the next move. So yeah, it's good improv. Um, I, I think he gets a receipt <laughs> for that later on in the match. We'll get to that. Uh, but before that happens, uh, Malenko gets a uh, little time in the ring and he locks in this, this arm bar, right? <laughs> and, uh, he just can't shake him. He locks in his arm bar um, on Steven Regal and just won't let go. He's, he, he actually stands up with him. He's holding him in the air, <laughs> slamming him around, and Malenko just holds his arm bar the whole time, just rolling all around the ring until Bobby Eaton comes off the top rope to break it up. Um, it was a very funny spot. Oh, it's one of my favorite spots of the entire match. But it's also a great display of power <laughs> and uh, timing. It was, it was great. Um, so we get Benoit back in the ring with some of the biggest chops I've ever seen. It's, I mean, just echoes through the stadium. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, throughout great commentary from Dusty. I remember uh, some, someone gets their leg up on the bottom rope at one point, and Shimani's like, oh, he's got a leg on the bottom rope, and Dusty just goes, gets a leg up on the bottom rope. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he also explain what clubbering was like throughout yeah. this match? Yeah, because at one point we have Bobby, uh, Bobby Heenan uh, at ringside. They never show a shot of him. Right. But apparently he's there and he's surrounded by sushi. Women and food. <laughs> women and food. Sushi and Japanese women, apparently. Whoa. But they never give us a shot of that. it. So, yeah. Bobby the Brain's having a life while this is going on. Anyway, so after these massive maneuvers from Benoit, we get some of his uh, signature moves. But before that, 
uh, we think he's going to catch a tombstone, right? But he he reverses it. How how the hell you reverse a, a, a tombstone? And I don't know. It's hard to explain the intensity of this match. But please, like, look, you know, and at wherever we post the podcast and look at this link. It's a great match. Mike, you should watch it. Cookie five cookie match for sure. Oh yeah. But he reverses this tombstone and then gives the tombstone uh, to Steven Regal. And it's a nasty tombstone. Yeah. And just blast him. And he goes straight to the top rope and gives a patented Chris Benoit flying headbutt. Mm. And it uh, goes into yeah. the, we think he's got him. Right. Um, so Bobby, interferes right and we get a ref distraction but it kind of bites him in the ass and then we're going back to the awesome uh teamwork these two had why he's distracted malenko and benoit do a little teamwork give him like a drop kick suplex and pin steven regal uh for the win you and you amazing. failed to say my favorite move the entire match oh was it the double double under yeah. oh, so steven regal Let's has over the double, yeah, double yeah. hook yeah. Suplex. All right. So let's let's rewind. Um, I had that in my notes, but I was uh, read ahead of it, and that's the receipt I was talking about from that power bomb. All right. So we have that nasty power bomb. Um, a little karma comes back to Chris Benoit. He catches this double underhook suplex off the top rope, right? And they mentioned the commentary how he did not break his arm. I do not know. Uh, because he takes it right on his side. He's probably 12 feet in the air. He got thrown. Yeah. Across the ring. It's insane. And the size differential between these guys is is pretty significant as well, wouldn't you say? Oh, like yeah, yeah. Two huge guys versus two like, welterweight guys. Yeah. But great match. I I watched it this afternoon. I watched it two times in a row because I was like, oh, my God, that is so good. It was such uh, a good match. It was great and so much haiku uh, content. So, All right, give me give me that haiku, brother. <laughs> Is that gum or grits? <laughs> hey, Bobby cleans up nice. Benoit's a psycho. <laughs> well, we all know where that went. Uh, uh, no, I was hoping he would use the word potato in there. Potato. Uh, potato. Oh man. Um, do you have another one? I thought I did. Please make it better than cookies. <laughs> oh, whatever. Oh, <laughs> what was cookies? Well, how bad was cookies? Cookie's second one was his his first one. But with different lines. It was, it, was like, uh, it was like if he was copying somebody's paper and he's like, oh, it's, it's not the same paper. It's technically I had, a, I had another test middle line. Test I had another middle line. It was, uh, he's not letting go. Armbar. <laughs> armbar. 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 He's not letting go armbar. I get it because that, he's the man of a thousand holds and Jericho's is the man of a thousand in one hold. In one. I, I did watch a little bit of that one, Colbert, and it was. It was, it was like a tale of two tapes. It was, it was nice. It's a big yeah, crazy. but uh, thank you, Aaron, for that match. It was great. All right, so next week I have no clue on what we're going to do. Mm. Oh, sorry, Mike. Sorry. How hard that- is it to pick matches ahead of time? I'll start doing it. I'll start doing it more. I promise. We used balls deep in Final Fantasy VII right now. Guys, I am so close to the end of Final Fantasy VII right now. I can smell the the the. What the rock is cooking? Yeah, I can do that too. Guys, I'm so excited. What's going to happen? Is Cloud going to be able to save uh, Sector Five or whatever that got blown up? Why don't you go get in the fucking closet with Gemini? 
right? Because <laughs> a year ago, you used to tell us our matches the week ahead of time. Right. That was a year ago. Yeah. And now we're, anymore. we're... No, no. No, not anymore. All right. Thank oh, you. Have like a, a Ringo bike pump. Yeah, walk that thing down so I can get on this thing and pop some wheelies. All right. Thank you for oh, listening to Two Dollar Stick. Hold on, Tobert. Let me close out before you do chit chat. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna watch Endgame like right after this. So boys, yeah. Oh, that's energy. right. Hey, uh, drink an energy drink. It's seven thirty. You're gonna need to be up for a while. Is it three hours? Thank you for listening to Two Dollar Stake, a pro wrestling podcast. Tune in next week. Follow us on Instagram. Follow At us on Two Dollar Stake underscore. Shut the. I wish I could see a picture of Aaron's veins. I am so angry. He's so fucking mad. Sign us off, Aaron. All right. Do your job. You'll hear from us next week. Thank you. Fuck you. Goodbye. (laughs)